And now we take you to Evangel Assembly of God in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Listen, as they're coming, let me just fill you in, church, about what we did uh, you know, we prayed for months. We started planning this thing last September, uh, and we uh, just believe in God. And the word that God kept giving me in my prayer time was just open doors, open doors. We prayed that as a team. We followed the Lord was speaking to us. And he did. He opened doors in Costa Rica that have never been opened, according to Ronald Gray. We were able to go into two public schools that are government-ran, and we were present the gospel to over 350 students in the public schools in Costa Rica. That, uh, that clip that you saw there, that was our first day in uh, San Jose. That was a private school. They were bilingual, so it was really to a surprise. We didn't know that because they were like, don't speak Spanish to us, speak English. Uh, they wanted to speak English with us, and it's such a sweet, sweet, sweet uh, group of kids. Uh, there were about 120 kids that day in that little area and trying to play soccer and do cheerleading and a Bible story and getting to pray with kids. It was definitely... You know, Ronald says to us, blessed are the flexible for they shall not break. Uh, And we had to learn that and take that to heart in Costa Rica. Um, But really, then we did some community service, Uh, got to partner with a local church there in San Jose and got to minister to the local community uh, and strengthen the youth ministry there. So we got to do a youth service in Costa Rica uh, with this team on a Friday night. And and they're going to share a little bit about that. But over with parents, teachers, and students uh, here at Evangel, this team ministered and shared the gospel with over 500 people in Costa Rica. You guys were a part of that. They were a part of that. Dr. Hans, there's a, um, a microphone right there. We're going to let the students uh, share really quick. And I have some questions I'm going to try and get out of their way. This is a big team. Um, but, uh, yeah, go ahead, J.D. You could have started us off right there. So, uh, <laughs> um, there you go. Don't be sad. Anyway, just real briefly, I want them to just share a little bit of their experience uh, about what was the best part of this trip. So, Isaac, you have the mic. Why don't you share with the church here what was the best part of the trip for you? Well, for me... Is it on? I think it's on. Well, for me, it was just getting to serve with y'all pretty much and just getting to to meet the cultures and play with the kids and just see how grateful they were. And, you know, they're just a lot more grateful than some people from the United States. That was my favorite part. Good, yeah. Yeah, same question. I think my favorite part was definitely um, when we were at the school in Limon and, like, the kids were like, um, wanting us to sign stuff and like give us their numbers and stuff like that and then we got back to the hotel and one of the kids called me on my phone and like so we had like a nine minute conversation with me Caleb and Isaac in Spanish and that was really yeah. cool they were superstars they wanted the their, they wanted these guys autographs so it was really cool so Caleb uh, well kind of piggybacking off both of that it's definitely the experiences that I had and the people that I met and the relationships that I met like as stupid as it sounds some of the kids from there. Uh, I'm actually playing video games with them from Costa Rica to here in Tallahassee. It sounds stupid, but it's kind of cool. So. Keep the communication going, yeah. Sam, Millie, Larissa, you guys want to share some of your thoughts? Well, my favorite part was, even though I got beat up in the Mega Man suit, just inter- <laughs> interacting with the kids and just having fun with them and getting to know them. So it was a good 100 degrees, you know, almost every day, and Sam wore a morph suit. He was Mega Man uh, in this full body suit, and the kids, they were scared of him, so they, they attacked him <laughs> at times, uh, and uh, you saw that in the, in the video. So, Millie? 
Um, well, for me, um, it was our last day in uh, Limon. It was our last day before we head back to San, uh, San Jose. And um, it was in the first, we did two different times of VBS or whatever. So it was the first part of VBS. And one of the little girls came up to me and was trying to talk to me. And I couldn't understand her, so I went to Miss Janet. And she was asking me to sing to her. I was like, nah, <laughs> no thank you. And, I was, and she just kept on, and then her friends chimed in. And so then I just sang to them. And um, it was just kind of cool. It was just kind of a melt-your-heart kind of moment, just their sweetness and how kind and loving all those kids were. Yeah. Um, my favorite part of the trip would have to be working with the kids. Um, the sightseeing when we did go to the waterfall was amazing, but um, working with the kids was just the best part of it because like they were just so willing to pl interact with us and get to know us and although I don't speak Spanish like I was still able to communicate with them and um, during one of the classes I was in charge of cheerleading and I had already taught them everything they needed to know because they learned really fast and caught on they were just so willing to just follow what I was doing that I put on a song just so they could dance as like how they wanted to not what I was teaching them and I was just goofing around dancing and they mimicked every single thing I did <laughs> because they still wanted to know what I was doing and I didn't realize it until like halfway through the song when I turned around and they were doing everything I was doing and I was put doing some pretty embarrassing dance moves but they were following it but they were just so willing to just embrace what we were doing and um, accept our culture as something they wanted to get to know so that was just an awesome thing to experience yeah. uh, guys can you some of the more of the students one last question um, what did God do in your life on this trip <laughs> For me, um, on Friday when we went to the youth service, uh, Pastor Zach had asked a group of people, everybody in the room, if we would go up on stage and share their testimony. And I was like, nah, I was like, not going to do that. I was, so I just kind of brushed it off. But when we got to the church, um, I kind of felt like I should. And so I, so I did. I told Pastor Zach that I would. And I share my testimony, and I really don't remember exactly what I said. <laughs> but um, the next day, I, this girl that we met, her name was Jerlini, she came up to me. She says, everything that you said, everything that you went through, and one of my friends is going through the same exact thing. Thank you so much for sharing. And that just kind of, it just blew me away. <laughs> Man. I feel like we got out of the our Christian bubble, and we just went and like, not everybody knows the Lord, and we just went and ministered to them. Yeah, that's good. You know, even though we were like in a different country, you know, for me, I'm just saying. <laughs> Anyways, um, God kind of showed me He's the same God over there that He is here. Like, wow. We um. went over there and played with those kids, and it was. It was like we already knew him. It was just crazy. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, being an Americanized person, I mean, I think I lost seven pounds being over there. <laughs> and uh, one of the big things is, I guess, how we live over here, our materialistic thing. And how on fire a lot of the, some of those people over there, like when we were in Enrique's church in San Jose where we did the youth service and all that stuff, a lot of those kids were on fire for God. And I thought, like, thinking of that, like, reflecting on, 
All the stuff we have, we're rich in, but they were poor in, but they were rich in God compared to a lot of us who weren't on fire as much. So wow. just some big thing. Yeah, kind of like Caleb said, it just brought more like happiness to them for like the little things. Like they're not like worried about like what meal they're going to eat next or anything like that. They're just worried about like how much quality time and like happiness that brings. And like God definitely brings a lot to that to them over there. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Um, Miss Janet, uh, we just let you hear from some of the adults because you know we take students on this trip, but we also take adults as well. And uh, I'm gonna let them share kind of what God did in their life, and and uh, and we'll give them a, a few of our adults opportunity, and then we'll uh, we'll get on with the rest of the service tonight. Yeah. Well, ditto to everything that they said. This was a remarkable. I cannot speak highly enough with this bus. And how bonded we were and how we got together every day. We went through the book of James together. Um, it was mega man became hombre mega. <laughs> and I just want to stand here, praise God today, that my Spanish held up because you feel like a, a, a word machine. But that's exactly what um, all that study and all that work um, benefited. And I think, you know, Lord, I don't have another life. And he said, but you have one. But look at all that, what these kids experienced. And as we pass the baton, that's how I feel with this. These guys are terrific. I cannot speak highly enough. Zach's leadership, Ron Gray, we are really so blessed because Ron, this is Ron's home church. Now, this was a little miracle here because these were our posters. And, and they're all in Spanish, but they got wet several times. So, But this was part of the mega sports, and the kids repeated it. Um, with gusto. It was English-Spanish, English-Spanish, English-Spanish. And I'm telling you, we broke that language barrier because they all understood. When I say that Millie was understood, it was her heart that came through. And so I'm just thankful to God. These posters uh, made it. They went through, uh, I don't know how many, how many presentations, but they repeated, aprovecha la oportunidad, trabaja duro, estamos listos para they were just wonderful. There was Joshua 1.9 in Spanish, and they, they, um, they, they did it with con gusto. And the coffee was out of this world. <laughs> hey, thank you. Give, them, give this team a really, really big hand. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Miss Patty. You guys, um, you guys can have a seat. Give them a hand as they go to their seats. Um, you know, I remember talking to some of them, and they're like, you know, I don't know how you get up and speak, Pastor Zach, in front of people. I'm like, well, that's what I was called to do. But they did a great job. I know a lot of them were nervous, but I'm glad you got to hear their heart and what God did in their lives. And I'll share a little bit about what God did in my life leading the team. This is my second year in Costa Rica and we're building relationships with local churches there um, because we want to be an extension of the gospel uh, in, in the different countries that we go and minister to. And we, uh, I'm telling you, um, when we ha- you have Miss Sharon Hercule and Hans and they brought their girls and those girls were troopers. They did an incredible, incredible job. Um, and if you need to eat a coconut, you need to see Dr. Hans because he will chop one off and you, anyway, it was incredible. It was just a lot of fun. I, I was blessed to go with them because uh, seeing people do ministry um, is really my heart. It's what I feel called to do. You know, being a pastor, 
Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 tells us that, that uh, the position of pastor was given to the church to equip the body, to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. And that's what Pastor Terrell asked of us as staff pastors, and it's what he believes in, is that we're all in this room called to do something. God's got a specific call exactly for you. And it may not be, you know, platform ministry. It might be one day that's what God's leaning into your heart. But something, somewhere in your community, God's speaking to you to do something. The answer or your response is what's key. Listen, I, um, I want to remind you before, I'm going to just share a little bit of what God did in my heart and in some things he just, he's put on my heart. And we're going to talk about missional living today briefly. But I want to remind you this, that our uh, Royal Rangers are getting ready. Next Saturday, they will leave to go to Missouri for Camparama. This is a week-long camping trip out there with like 5,000 other boys and men from around the the country and even in some different countries. And these boys are going to get poured into. uh, uh, John Hurley, our commander, and his other commanders are doing an incredible job building up young men who love Jesus and and presenting the gospel to them. And we're going to give you guys an opportunity to invest in those young men and help them on this trip along the way at the end of service today. So I wanted to put that out there. I didn't want to forget because we want to be a blessing to them and pray for them as they get ready to make that trip from Tallahassee to Missouri. As I, um, we got to Costa Rica uh, pretty early uh, in the afternoon on that Thursday, and I'm praying on the bus, uh, on the bus ride to the, to the hotel in Zerki, and um, I'm like, Lord, you know, we just want to speak your word to the people of Costa Rica. God, I know you're going to not only transform lives here in Costa Rica, but you're going to transform us as a team. Because, listen, short-term missions trip, we are going to bless the nation in which we're going to minister in. But also, I know that God is going to do a work, a greater work inside of us that we're bringing, the team that we're bringing. And I just felt like the Lord, just this, this phrase just kept going over and over and over again in my mind. It was the word brokenness. I just kept hearing, and that just didn't make any sense to me. Sometimes when the Holy Spirit speaks, I just have to be really still and listen. I'm making sure that it's not my brain that's talking, but it really is the Lord. And I, the more I felt and the more we read through the Bible and I was doing my own prayer time and I just kept hearing that phrase. So, you know, we went Friday morning. We did the presentation at the school. Nothing. I was asking, well, Lord, is this the word that we should give to these kids? And, and you know, no response. I didn't feel anything. So trying to be obedient to the Lord. Now, Friday afternoon, the, the original plan was to go to another school in Costa Rica, in San Jose, another another school, but they at last minute canceled on us. Blessed are the flexible, she should not break. You know that's what we tell the team. The kids got tired of me saying that to them after a while. But uh, so we were like, well, what are we going to do? And Ron says, well, there's the local church that we're working with here. They've been building a youth ministry in the community in which the church lives in, and they've done small groups and they're growing. There's about 25 kids, and they want you to come. And they want you to do your program as teenagers. I thought, we have a VBS program that's tailored first through fifth grade. How are we going to present? So we we had to be flexible. We had to learn. And we adapted a story. And we presented the gospel. And it's that night. At the end, we do the altar call. And I I hear that word again, brokenness, brokenness. And, And this is the word that the Lord gave me. Someone in this room tonight has been dealing with, I can't tell if it's a physical brokenness or emotional but God is here to heal you and to set you free tonight. And I thought, okay, the, the altars are going to flood. And no one came down at all. I thought, well, man, I missed it. I missed it. There was a young boy that come down and said, his name was uh, Michael. And he said, will you pray for my brother, Andrew? He's three years old. He's about to have two major surgeries on his stomach 
And this is his best English and part of my broken Spanish trying to understand what he's saying. And the youth pastor there who is bilingual is telling me what's going on. And we pray. And those kids were believing for healing. And we got to pray with a lot of students. But the brokenness message just kept coming up. And I was like, you know, I know this was the Lord. Well, Sunday morning we go to church at that same church. And the dad, whose name is Enrique, who is kind of our, he was driving us around. And uh, very good family. Very, they, they've adopted 10 children in Costa Rica. They brought in 10 kids. And um, he said, he, he comes to me after church on Sunday. And he, he's, I mean, he's crying. He's choked up. And I'm thinking, what's wrong? And um, he's like, I just want to tell you that the words you gave on Friday night, I didn't tell you this, but it was for my oldest son. He's 17. We adopted him when he was like 10 or 11 years old, and he's been dealing with depression and suicidal thoughts, and he's never felt worthy. He's always felt broken. And we talked about that around my dinner table Saturday. So we did it. We talked about it on Friday. We unpacked the service with them. He had them around their, their dinner table, and they were all talking about the service and what God did on Friday night. And he said, we talked about it again on Saturday, and for the first time in my son's life, he opened up. And he started to talk about his hurt and his pain. He started to share what God's doing in his life. And we just all just had just the Holy Spirit just fill my house, Zach. And we were just weeping and crying around our dinner table. But my son was free. He was free that evening. And I just thought, wow. I thought, you know, this is incredible because this is how big God is. It doesn't always have to take place on an altar. It doesn't always have to look spectacular. But it's just so cool that we could go in and that God is so big and that he loves us. And no matter the language barrier, no matter, no matter that we were in a different country, but God had a word for a, little, for a young man who's been struggling with brokenness and despair his whole entire life and God set him free and he used his dad to lead him in the prayer. And said, I mean, that's the God that you and I serve and that's why we will continue to take kids on mission trips. That's why I know Pastor Terrell has said and in his heart as long as he's here as the pastor that we will go on mission trips. We will be mission minded. We will love this community but we will also love the world because that is his heart and not only is it Pastor's heart, it's the heart of God. It's the heartbeat of the king of kings and the lord of lords i was so glad that we got to minister there and you know he, he, enrique was really thankful a lot of our students got to make really good contact with their friends and, and make it was just cool because you know the church is the church no matter where you go and i want to talk to you about that today um, about what kind of church god desires us to be in matthew chapter 16 verse 18 jesus says and i tell you that you are peter And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. You know, Jesus takes it very personal that he will build his church. It's a, it's a, it's an important thing for him. Now, when I read this and I've read this passage many times in my young life growing up and I've thought about it a lot, I know that there is theological debate, especially among those that are Protestant and Catholic, and we're not going to get into that today about, but the, really the church, the word church in this passage is what I really want us to focus on. It's the one that leapt in my spirit as I read. The Greek word used here is ekklesia or ecclesia. Some people say it differently depending on if you're from Weewall or not. And, and, it's original, and in its original meaning, it can be defined as the calling of a group of citizens for an assembly. However, throughout the New Testament, the word is translated as Church. It's a gathering of people for a common purpose. Now think about that. An assembly of people for a common purpose. 
That's what we're here assembled today. Nowhere in the New Testament is the word church ever defined as a building or organizational structure. It always refers to a group of people with a common purpose. We are never, ever called to just go to church, but we are called to be the church. And that's what I want. That's missional living. Missional living is not just one week in the summer. You're going to get on a plane with us and we're going to go to Costa Rica or Guatemala or wherever God may take us. That's cool. We're going to do that. But missional living is living it intentionally every day of your life, 24-7, 365, right here in your own backyard. And that's what I want to talk about today, about being the church. The best way that I think um, this word is defined is in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. It's on the screen. I'll read it. It says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together. Remember, he's not talking about a structure. He's talking about a people here. Joined together and and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too, now he's speaking to the individual here, are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. According to this scripture and according to all the New Testament, and we look at the church, we're in this thing together. No matter the color of our skin, no matter the, 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 our socioeconomic standing, no matter our background, no matter our past experiences, all that has been covered, as we sang, by the grace and by the blood of Jesus. The finished work of the cross paid for the sin of humanity, and those of us that name Jesus as Lord and Savior, we're free because the Son has set us free, and we are one body, united for one purpose, and that is to proclaim the gospel. The good news that Jesus is alive, and he's alive today, and he lives within me and within you. It is not, let me say this about the gospel, it is good news, not good advice. It is good news, not good advice. And I, I sometimes, we, we work with the students on, on a, a weekly basis about, we, we want them to be gospel fluent here at Evangel Assembly of God. When your student makes it in the sixth grade and they come into middle school ministry and they come into our high school ministry, I, my emphasis and, and what God's put on my heart is we're going to create and we're going to build a culture of students who are gospel fluent. And we're doing that also in college ministries where we want kids to know what the gospel is. The gospel is the good news that God became a human being, that he lived in this world without sin that he died the death that you and I should have died but he did not stay dead he rose again on the third day he defeated death hell in the grave and in him we have victory in him we have freedom and in him we proclaim that to everyone that will listen where they can experience the same joy and the same peace and the same freedom that we all have that's the gospel that's the gospel that's why we want to share it Church, we've got to allow, and when I say church, I'm talking to us as people, we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to shift our thinking as believers and followers of Christ so that we see ourselves living on mission, living as purpose, being the church to the people of this community, to our friends, to our family, and to the world. You know, Pastor Terry touched on it in the congregational prayer, and I know we as a nation are praying. We're praying for our first responders. We're praying for our uh, men and women who are in law enforcement. We're also praying for the families. The, the, the tragic violence that's taken place in America, not just in the last few days, but in the, in the past few months and even the last few years. We need 
a move of Jesus. We need a move. We talk about revival. I've heard that all my life growing up. We need, the church needs revival. The body of Christ needs revival. I really firmly believe that revival starts in the individual and then it spreads to the church. It starts when you and I make a decision that Jesus is more than enough. He's all that I need. He's all that we need. He's all that we want. And I just want a relationship with him. We as the church, the body of Christ, must begin to stand and be the light and the love of Jesus in our communities, both individually and collectively. How can you be the church? How can we live our life on mission? I want to talk about, I want to answer those questions in the next few minutes. You know, I believe the answer to them is when we look at the core teachings of Jesus. We just sometimes have to go back to the basics. Don Shula, I'm a football guy. When he coached the Miami, uh, Miami Dolphins, he led them to the perfect season. Basically, when he started, he stripped it all down. He said, we're just going to learn the basics again. We're going to learn how to block, how to tackle, how to be in the right position. And I think what we have to do is sometimes we, we can get caught up in theological debates and things like that. But what we must remind ourselves is just the simple, pure teachings of Christ, the core teachings of Christ, and also that we just got to be people led by the Holy Spirit in every part of our lives. My three, the next three points I'm going to share with you are not only biblically based, but they're also the three core values of our church here at Evangel. If you've went through our Covenant Partner class, uh, you've read the Dare to Be book, they're there. There's 12 of them. I'm not going to go over all 12. I'm going to go over three that talk about living life on mission. And, and in order for us, you and I, to be the church, number one, we've got to be great commission directed. The Great Commission was a teaching of Jesus. It's something he, he probably repeated many times to the, to the disciples, but we see it at the end of the book of Matthew and, uh, and the other Gospels. I'm reading out of Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, verses 19 through 20. It says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is our mission here at Evangel. This is what we're called to do. Not just at Evangel, but at every church, every Christian, every follower. This is what we've all been called and commissioned to do. I heard a pastor one time say that it is the great commission, not the great suggestion. It's what we've all been called to do. Now listen, you may say, well, I'm not in full-time ministry. That's great. Because there's ministry that takes place outside of the church, or at least it should be. I believe this, that the Great Commission looks different for every single one of us. It looks different at, uh, at different points in your life. I, I, I thought about this. How do I disciple people? How do I lead them to Jesus? How does that look? And listen, it may be in so many different ways. It may be by just reaching out to your neighbor or your coworker who's going through a hard time. They just need someone to pray or just someone to listen. It could be starting a small group. It could be giving a day of your week to serve in an area of need in your community. I'll, be, I'll just be transparent with you, church. The Lord's been dealing with my heart. Um, Leon County Schools is in dire need of mentors. And, um, and I started, Pastor Glenn and I have started, and Pastor Glenn's pulled other members of this congregation in to mentor in the Leon County Schools, but God's dealing with my heart. We've got to minister to the next generation. We've got to pour. And I know you say, well, you're the youth pastor. That's what you should do. And I'm saying, yeah, I want to do that, but I'm saying there's other people sitting in these green chairs that God's calling you to do something, to be Jesus, to be loved with skin on to this community. And what is he saying? 
to you and to I individually. It may look different, and let me say this. There is no small part in the kingdom of God. There's no insignificant part, if it's baking cookies, if it's writing letters, whatever it is to fulfill the Great Commission so other people hear about the love of Jesus, that's what you and I are called to do. So don't ever think that what you're doing is insignificant. Whatever whatever God's leading you to do, whatever God's called you to do, can I say this? Do it with all of your heart. Do it until you just don't have any breath left in your body to do it, and do it unto the glory and the honor of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, because he's worth it. He's worth it. Think about it. Do you remember the day you got saved? I do. December 22nd, 1999. That day will always be etched in my memory. I remember because I remember the joy that flooded my soul. I remember being transformed, not in a church service. I'd been going to youth group for months, but it was in my bedroom. And when I felt like for the first time in my life, I heard the Holy Spirit whisper into my heart. Can you go back there? just for a few seconds in your mind. And I, maybe you're here tonight, or today, sorry, I usually preach on Wednesday nights. Um, maybe you're here this morning and you say, I don't, I don't have an experience like that yet, Pastor Zach. Well, you can before you leave this place today. Man, he's more, he's more than enough, and he always has been this whole entire time. The whole point, our whole calling, Great Commission Directed, is to point people to Jesus. In order to be the church, we must be great commandment-minded Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. I'm firmly convinced that when we're obedient to the first part, this first commandment, that that second part comes a little naturally, comes naturally. More than anything, the message of Jesus right here, these words from Christ I believe our, word, our world needs to hear is just love your neighbor as yourself. Let it ring true in your heart as a believer. Let it ring true in your heart today when you leave this place. I, I, the more I spend time with Jesus, and I try to, I tell you, and you probably all can attest to this, there's things in your life that just pull at you, that eat at your time, that cut into your devotion time. You're meeting schedules, you're meeting deadlines, but we've got to learn and we've got to find and we've got to carve out some margin in our life where we say, this is just Jesus. This is just time that I'm going to spend with my Lord because I need it. The more time I spend with him, my prayer is is that God would set me on fire deep within my soul, that I would burn with compassion for my community that we as a church would burn with compassion for our community, that we would start to see people not through our eyes but through the eyes of Jesus, and we would have great compassion to say, you know what, whatever, Lord, you've called me to do, whatever you've asked me to do, I'm going to do it and I'm going to share and I'm going to be intentional in building relationships with people. I'm going to be intentional with speaking up and speaking out. I'm going to be intentional because let me say this, love conquers hate. Love conquers fear and Jesus and we have been and Jesus does that and how we know what love is is in the embodiment in the person of Jesus Christ. It's not an ideology, it's not a way of thinking, but it is truth and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Love triumphs over all of those things. We've been called to love and live like Jesus. In order to be the church, we must be spirit empowered, and that's my third and final point. 
Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. If you've ever looked through our Dare to Be book, I love this phrase that's in our core values. And this is what it says. It says, we depend on the empowerment of the Holy Spirit for life and ministry. We expect God to bring his super to our natural, resulting in people finding Jesus and miracles taking place. That doesn't just happen inside these walls. We're believing to be spirit-empowered as we leave this place this morning and we go out into our neighborhoods and our communities where people find Jesus there and miracles take place in the grocery store or at your kid's school or at your place of business. You know, I was, I've, always, I've only been in full-time youth ministry for five years of my life and I had to do bivo. I was bivocational for the first part early on. And I worked for the health department in Bay County. And I worked in epidemiology and, and, and disease control, and that was just a weird place to be. I'll just tell you, I didn't understand why God wanted me there. I just I didn't fit in. Um, I had to talk about things that I didn't want to talk about with people and do things like that. I, I wasn't. But you know what? I I, I could have complained, and at times I did. My wife had to hear it. But we just prayed and said, you know, God, this is where you want us to be. And that's where I'm going to be right now. What I did not realize is that the girl that I was working with, her and her husband were, were uh, on the verge of divorce and they had three beautiful children. They had been in church, but they had been hurt. And for a whole year, I got to spend time and build a relationship with her and her husband and this family. And what I got to see is by speaking life and by just presenting the gospel, by living intentionally and building a relationship with her family, I saw God heal a marriage. God restore her and God call her and her husband back to the church to serve with the local students in their church that God God just healed the whole thing. Not Zach. But I was there that season, although I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be somewhere preaching somewhere. I I thought that's what I had to do. I had to be preaching on a pulpit somewhere. But God said, no, for this season, I want you right here in Bay County, Florida, Panama City, and I want you doing this right now. For one person. And God's calling all of us to do that in our places of work, in our places. I mean, I tell you, I just sometimes feel like Sam said it, we're getting in a Christian bubble sometimes. I know I am. I just want to be intentional of breaking out of that bubble and rubbing shoulders with the world. Not to be influenced by the world, but to be an influencer of Jesus, of hope and love. That's what we're called to do. That's what all of us are called to do. Listen, we got a great opportunity as a church. Church, if you'll stand with me. Everyone across the house. We got a great opportunity the next few weeks to do that. Living your life on mission and being the church really means being intentional with sharing the good news of Jesus with others outside of these walls. Mega Sports Camp is going to help us to do that. Mega Sports Camp is going to help us to do that. You'd say, Pastor Zach, I don't play sports or I can't play them anymore. And I think sports are a huge component, yes, of this outreach. But there are all... There's some other things too. You know, I got to thinking, and I'm praying about this. We as a staff are praying, we as a church are praying. 
And, and I had this vision in my mind, and I was thinking of, of the prime timer group. I was thinking of Lucretia and her in that small group. I saw in my mind as I was praying, I saw grandparents lining the hallways of Astoria Park as kids come in. And they're getting, and our, our prime timers groups are giving high fives and hugs to kids as they're coming in. And these kids who may not have a grandparent, may not have anyone to just love on them and hug on them, that's what the prime timer group can do at Astoria Park. Or you know what? There's a snack session where we bring kids in and they, we bless them with feeding them. You know, you, you bring food and they shall come. But I can see, I, 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 I see, I see moms and dads and other people who say, you know what, I don't play sports, but I can fix some juice and some cookies. And when those kids come in, I can serve them with a smile and I can just love on them and ask them, hey, what are you learning out there? Because, you know, well, they're not just playing sports. We got, we got adults in here that are going to do small group teaching. They're going to talk about the Bible story. They're going to be intentional in sharing the gospel. It is fun. It is sweaty. It's all those things. But it's all about Jesus, church. It's all about him, and it's about how God will use you to share his love with someone else. That's missional living. That's living life on purpose. That's being the church. I believe right now, as you're standing here, God's beginning to deal with your heart about something he spoke to you a long time ago. Or maybe something he's spoken to you recently. We shared the book of James with the students. And James says, don't just be hearers of the word but be doers also what's God calling you to do this morning because when we both individually and collectively start to own these biblically based core values we'll see others come to Jesus we'll see others experience the hope and joy that I and you and all of us who have named the name of Jesus as Lord and Savior they'll get to experience the same thing you and I have experienced I want people to do that. I want people that have never heard his name to call on the name of Jesus and experience that sweet, precious anointing that's here this morning. I want kids who are 10 or 11 years old that need hope, that just need someone to speak a word of encouragement into their life and forever change the course of their history because someone did that to me when I was that age. We're in this together, church. No matter how old, no matter how young, we're in this thing together. I want to I challenge you. I want to call you out of your seats. We're going to worship just for a little bit. And I want you to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit because he's speaking right now to hearts. I love what Steve Sampson says. He says, don't look for the spectacular because you'll miss the supernatural. I believe Holy Spirit's just real simple. He speaks real clearly. He whispers. He doesn't shout. It may be a word. It may be a vision. It may be a thought. It may be an idea that comes from him. But I'm believing. That's what I prayed over this service is that he would give each and one of us in this room. Because the next step is always telling someone else about Jesus and what he's done in our life. What's he saying to you? I'm going to pray over you and they're going to worship and I'm going to ask you to move from your seat Fill these altars. I want to remind you that we are. Don't, don't leave if you don't have to because I want to give you an opportunity to be a blessing to Royal Rangers. But I, want, I, would be, I would miss the whole mark if I didn't give you a chance to hear what the Holy Spirit was saying to you.
can you come and just be still before him just for a little bit? And, when the, and let me say this, when the Spirit of God speaks to you, just say yes. Just trust him. Father, we love you. We thank you for your love for us. And Lord, as, as we're praying, as people start to move from their seats, as they start to answer the call of God that's on their life, as they start to be obedient to your voice, God, help us to be the church that you've called us to be right here in this community. Help us to share your love and your hope. Fill us, Lord. Show us, God, that we don't want to just have good ideas. We want to have God ideas. We want to do what you've called us to do right here in this community, right here in this body, so others can hear of you. Lord, speak to us now. As they sing, you guys make your way. Fill this altar. In Jesus' name. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.